0: Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every Friday I'm going to need your participation for a weekly Friday mailbag here on Lockdown Panthers. This Friday, though, we will be reacting to the Houston Texans' loss to the Carolina Panthers, so there will be no mailbag, but I'll be answering mailbag questions today, the ones that people have already sent in, and if you send in more mailbag questions, maybe I'll do a mailbag on Monday, so maybe a Monday mailbag. Either way, whenever you have a mailbag question, just go ahead and follow me, at Julian Council, DM me, or at me your question, and I will get to it either on that Friday's mailbag or when I'm able to get to it next. So thank you to everyone who's ever sent in a mailbag question and to everyone who listens to this show. Coming up on the show, outside of the mailbag questions that I do have, we're going to take a look at the Houston Texans and the Panthers game coming up here on Thursday. And there's an update on an injury. One of the offensive linemen that we all had a lot of questions about will not be playing for the Carolina Panthers on Thursday or in the near future as he's been placed on IR. So we'll get into all of that here on Locked On Panthers. Let's start off by looking at the Houston Texans. Coming into the season, there were very few people who believed that Houston would be a competitive football team. The vast majority of folks who cover the league and watch the league, whether that's fans, media, whoever, thought the Texans were going to be Putri, we're going to be possibly the worst team in the national football league and i was one of those people who thought that the houston texans would be terrible not worse than the jets because it's very hard to be worse than the new york jets we saw week one though that maybe the houston texans aren't going to be as bad as we all thought as they laid down the beat down to trevor lawrence urban meyer and the jacksonville jaguars blowing them out at home at nrg stadium and then last week on sunday On the road against the Cleveland Browns, a team that's coming off of a, of course, I'm not going to say a heartbreaking loss, but a loss that certainly will stick with them for a while, losing on the road week one in Kansas City in a game that they largely controlled until the very end because the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and they usually find a way to win unless they fumble the game away like they did Sunday night against the Ravens. Either way, Cleveland is a team that's getting a lot of pub to be a Super Bowl contender, which is wild to think that the Cleveland Browns, are thought of as Super Bowl contenders. After only a few short years ago, they weren't even winning football games. Like, literally, weren't winning a football game, period. Houston goes there on Sunday, has them tied at half, looking very competitive. And then Tyrod Taylor goes down with a hamstring in- injury, meaning Davis Mills, a third-round pick out of Stanford, was up and ready to go play, whether he really was ready or not. He was placed in there in the second half where... He went 8 of 18 for 102 yards, a touchdown, and threw an interception. The Texans' offense, and going back and watching that game, was pretty effective and efficient in the first half with Tyrod. But as soon as they went to Mills, they were the opposite of that. Tyrod was dinking and dumping, taking what the defense gave them, while Mills was trying to throw the ball downfield, down and that wasn't really working for them as they lost that game on Sunday to Cleveland. So if Tyrod Taylor were playing in this game, I would think that maybe this might actually be somewhat of a close game, a competitive game against Houston Texans. It still is the NFL. The Texans have some guys defensively, and we'll get into their defense here in just a moment. That could cause some issues for the Carolina Panthers on Thursday evening, but thinking the Panthers are now playing as a rookie quarterback for the second time in three weeks, and you saw what happened with Zach Wilson in week one, and what he did last week during four interceptions Three of them being on him. The other one being on Corey Davis' wide receiver who caught two touchdowns week one against the Panthers. He struggled. Now the Panthers get another one who went out there and struggled in his debut. And I can't really blame him considering the fact that he didn't have really any time to prepare to be the starter. And now going into a short week, there's been questions of, the Panthers preparing and Sam Darnold's preparedness and the defense preparedness after what they've done over the last couple of weeks. And then, of course, uh, Christian McCaffrey, whether he'll be ready to go. I can only imagine the questions being asked in Houston of David Davis Mills, who will make his first career start in primetime at home at least against this Carolina Panthers defense that has 10 sacks and 21 quarterback hits in the first two weeks and is the best defensive unit in the NFL. Right now, I don't think there's really any question about that. Booker McFarland at ESPN tweeted out earlier today saying that, yeah, there's not really any doubt that this is the best defensive unit for, through the first two weeks of the season. Now, will they be the same come the second half of the season and by the time we get to the end of the season? We'll see. But right now, there's not really any reason not to think the Carolina Panthers defense is not going to wreak havoc once again on Davis Mills on Thursday when they head to Houston for Thursday night football, Tyrod Taylor placed on IR will be out for three weeks for the Houston Texans at the very least with that hamstring injury. They also placed rookie wide receiver, Nico Collins on IR who actually played fairly well and was a part of that offense game plan on Sunday on the road in Cleveland, Danny Amendola is someone who's unlikely to play at wide receiver, which basically only leaves Brandon cooks, our old friend from new Orleans who spent time also in new England and in LA with the Rams Good player still. It's one of those situations where he's dealt with concussions and injuries, and now he's found himself into the land of misfit free agents down there in Houston this year. A lot, guys, with a lot to prove, which is proven to show that they're actually playing pretty hard for the new head coach, David Kelly, through the first two weeks, despite being one and one with a good win against Jacksonville and then a hard fought first half and loss, and then an overall loss against the Houston, uh, Cleveland Browns, excuse me, on Sunday. Afternoon. Now, looking more at Davis Mills again, drafted as Stanford third round this year's draft with Houston's first pick of the draft. Only played in 14 total games in college, including just five in the 2020 pandemic season that the Pac-12 had last fall. The guy had multiple knee injuries, was barely healthy, and when he did play for Stanford, he was just you know okay. He was a five-star recruit coming out of college, which is honestly the reason why he was drafted. Being a five-star recruit. Get you an opportunity to be in the NFL, even if you're not all that deserving of it. As I said about Kyle Allen a couple years ago, now he did prove through that season that at the very least, he could be a very capable backup in the NFL. I don't think he's a franchise quarterback. And even Ron Rivera now is playing Taylor Heineke instead of him with um, Ryan Fitzpatrick being out for the foreseeable future for the Washington football team this season. Mills going back to the preseason, he struggled. Posted a passer rating 47.8 after throwing for 333 yards on 31 to 65 yards, sixty five attempts passing with two touchdowns and four interceptions. Now it's the big boys and already in one half of football, albeit him not starting all week and preparing as a starter. 8 for 18, 102 yards, a touchdown, an interception against the Cleveland Browns defense. The Panthers have a much better defense that he's going to be facing. And if he faces the kind of pressure that he faced that the Panthers have... Uh, put on James Winston and on Zach Wilson. It's going to be a very long night for Davis Mills. And I know that Charlotte sports despair, the Twitter account out there is saying, I'm going to jinx the situation. He remembers when Tony Romo went out there and lived the Panthers in his debut in primetime. This ain't the same situation, dude. I will say that because like Roma was good back in college at Eastern Illinois. Davis Mills was not, he was just another guy. And I honestly don't know what the appeal at all to drafting him was other than he was a five-star coming out of high school. Like, seriously, that's basically it when it comes to Davis Mills. Maybe he'll make me eat my words and go out there and light the Panthers up on Thursday. But based off what I've seen with this defense and then adding A.J. Boye, I would be stunned and honestly would have to call every single person on this defense, a con artist, if they go out there and let Davis Mills just go up and down the field on them all night. It's not going to happen. Now, one thing that could challenge the Panthers is the Texans' defense. Houston's defense has produced five turnovers in two games, including two interceptions from Justin Reed, who is Eric Reed's little brother and one of the better safeties in the National Football League that does not get a lot of attention because he plays for the Houston Texans. The Texans are tied for second most takeaways in the NFL while their defensive third down conversion percentage of 35% is third best in the AFC. And this will actually offer Sam Darnold somewhat of a challenge. We thought we were going to see it. On Sunday against the Saints, but with Marshawn Lattimore suffering an injury and also not having Kwan out Kwan Alexander, excuse me, and not having CJ Gardner Johnson. He didn't get to see the full plethora of Saints defensive players on Sunday afternoon and making it fairly easy afternoon, although the Panthers did disappear offensively once again in the second half. Might Houston offer a little bit of a challenge? Sam's been able to play at home for the first two weeks of the season, which has certainly helped. Playing the Jets also helps, and playing a banged-up Saints team, and a Saints team that doesn't have their coaching staff, although that's not a reason or an excuse for the why they, lose, they lost. The Panthers' defense was all over them. I don't know if things would have been different had the Saints actually been healthy. We'll find out later on this season, depending on who's going to be available in Week 17 when the Panthers and Saints meet up later on. But either way, the Panthers went out there and kicked their ass, and I'm not going to make any excuses for why it happened, other than the fact that the defense was fantastic. The offense played well for the majority of the time, even though they disappeared at points in time throughout that game, like in Week 1. That being said, I do want to see more of what this Panthers defense can do, or this Panthers offense can do, against a defense that... Can get off the field on third down at a defense that might be able to take the football away from them. Now, hopefully there's not going to be turnovers. There's been two of the first two weeks of the season, both by Sam Darnold, a fumble and then one of the weirder interceptions that you'll see. But that's kind of been part for the course of him through the first four years of his career. Although he's looked pretty good the first two weeks here in Carolina. So that will be a challenge. Also, defensive lineman Whitney Merciless already has a sack and two tackles for loss as he ranks second in Texans history in career sacks with 55 tackles for loss, 71, and forced Rumbles 13. Of course, he's behind a future Hall of Famer, J.J. Watt, in all of those categories. So the Houston Texans also looked at Christian Kirksey, who was a good player for the Browns, played with Green Bay last year. He was someone who was all over the field on Sunday against the... Um, The Cleveland Browns, Zach Cunningham, a guy back when I was living in Nashville, was at Vanderbilt. Very good linebacker who has a lot of potential in this league. They're going to see a better defense, the best defense that they've seen so far, at least in terms of just the personnel and guys who are healthy that they've seen all season long. If anything, if Houston's going to stay in this game, it's going to have to be via their defense, getting some takeaways and being able to stymie the Carolina Panthers offense on Thursday night. But Davis Mills going up with his Panthers defense. Best of luck. Thoughts and prayers to your buddy. It's going to be a long night, in my opinion, for him and the Houston Texans offense. Matt Rule gave some updates on an injury for the Carolina Panthers, which might mean that someone you want to see will get to play more often or at least be on the active roster. We'll talk about that and more as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers as they continue to prepare for Thursday night's game on the road against the Houston Texans. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts promo code, locked on. Hey Panther fans, it's your boy Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use promo code touchdown and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's a catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. TOUCHDOWN. Crazy to think that we're only a day away from it being game day once again. Of course, on Thursday, I'll sit down with the host of Locked On Texans. And I say host, there's two guys who host that show. So there's going to be three of us talking Texans, Panthers, our weekly Thursday crossover episode with the opposing host of the opposing Locked On NFL podcast here. And this week, it's Locked On Texans as the Panthers play the Houston Texans at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. On Thursday Night Football, and a place the Carolina Panthers have played before. Played there a couple of years ago in 2019. Kyle Allen fumbled the ball three times. But the Panthers were still able to overcome that as he somehow, I still to this day do not know how JJ Watt did not sack him as Kyle Allen was able to uh, convert that third down late in the game, helping the Panthers win that. And I think was his second career start, or his second start of the season, his third career start after starting, of course, week 17 the year prior, 2018. On the road in New Orleans where he lit the world on fire, then winning his first career start in Arizona where he lit the world on fire and then going to Houston and the Panthers winning because of Christian McCaffrey, that defense and Kyle Allen making a very timely play late in that football game. It all—it It is also the same building the Panthers unfortunately lost Super Bowl 38, one of the better Super Bowls. I certainly have ever seen. Actually, Super Bowl I was able to take part in as I went there with my dad at the uh, formerly known as Reliant Stadium, now known as NRG Stadium. So the Panthers do have some history there in Houston, some good, some bad. And even that loss, like, come on, that was such a good game. I mean, Jake DeLone was fantastic. Dan Morgan had, what, like 20 tackles in that game. Deshaun uh, Voster scoring that touchdown. I'm I, 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 That was really fun. Definitely one of the most, not the, one of the most, the most fun I think I've ever had a football game even if the Panthers did not win Super Bowl 38 as Adam Vinatieri and the New England Patriots kicked that game winning field goal I guess you probably should say like Tom Brady since that was the uh, Super Bowl MVP that day and of course he's still playing football and it's very annoying and I'm hoping that he goes away but as we know that's probably not happening anytime soon because of course Tom Brady will live forever and play football forever anywho Panthers heading to Houston. Matt Rule spoke to the media on Tuesday, which is typically the team's off day, but short week. They're playing on Thursday. There There's no off day this week for the Carolina Panthers, but they will have the little mini-buy, so to say, following the game on Thursday evening. Pat Elfline, who went out of the game on Sunday against the Saints early with a hamstring issue, has been placed on injured reserve, which means he'll miss the next three weeks at least then he'll be eligible to come on off the injured reserve afterwards. The Panthers don't need to let anyone go because A.J. Boye is now active following his six-game PED suspension that dates back to last season when he was with the Denver Broncos. Two of those games carrying over this season, missing week one against the Jets, and then week two on Sunday against the Saints. He's back and ready to go. What his role will be, Matt Rule said he's not sure. A.J. Boye said he's ready to go and do whatever the team needs him to do, and Considering that Miles Hartsfield is out and on IR IR for the next what eight to twelve weeks, or I guess it's probably now down to seven to eleven weeks. However, at least up to eleven weeks here, they needed someone to fill in there to be. They needed Boye to be back to fill in the role that he was brought here to Carolina to play as that nickel cornerback in Phil Snow's scheme and scheme. And everyone's been giving Phil Snow a ton of love over the last couple of days, which rightfully so. And I said it on Sunday, following the game. There should be no question that Phil Snow is the better of the two coordinators here in Carolina. I had someone say to me, he's like, well, you know, Phil Snow, they have spent all this draft capital and yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, Joe Brady doesn't have, doesn't have a good enough, uh, good enough offensive line. It's like, okay, so Joe Brady has to have everything perfect for him for it to be a fair comparison between him and Phil Snow, as if everything's perfect defensively for Phil Snow. Like, everything's looked really good so far. I don't know if it's like, it's not like they have all pro bowlers and all All pros on a defense, where they looked fantastic and all of them look like they're ready to be all pro bowl and pro, uh, be all pro and pro bowlers this season the way that they've started off the season. Just what Phil Snow's been able to do, where last year he had to play a bunch of rookies, the most rookie defensive snaps played in the league last year. And he was able to turn them into a top 10 unit by the end of the season. Like, here's numbers once again from last season and the last couple of weeks for the Carolina Panthers. From weeks 11 to 17 last year, Carolina's defense was ranked sixth in total yards allowed, ninth in total points allowed, and seventh in sacks per pass attempt. Eight of the 11 defensive starters from week 16 when at Washington are still on the roster. So that just tells you, like, he was able to late in the season turn them into a fantastic unit while the offense was sputtering and. You can blame it on quarterback and all that kind of stuff. Robbie Anderson was missing um, from action after having a great start to the season. You can blame it on Teddy Bridgewater if you want. And Chris McCaffrey, of course, wasn't on the field. But Phil Snow's defense has picked up where they left off last year, and they've been even better. So I cannot wait to see what they're going to do on Thursday night against the rookie quarterback Davis Mills and the Houston Texans. Going back to Pat Elfline being placed on IR. Dennis Daly will get to start once again on Thursday, as was mentioned by Matt Rule on Monday in his day after press conference. And that likely means that Sam Tecklenburg, who got the call up week one to be the backup center or at least be a guy who's on the roster um, on game day, he's likely going to be activated since Pat Elfline was the de facto backup center if they actually needed him. And I think he'll probably get the first chance to be the center on the Panthers roster next year if he's still on the roster, which is something that we will see whether that happens or not. Um, either way, Tecklenburg will likely to call it from the practice squad, which squad which might frustrate some of those who want to see Deontay Brown active. I, there's always a guy I think it's Tepper's brass balls, who is constantly complaining about the offensive line situation, which I don't really blame him for doing that at all. They haven't been great so far this season, even though they haven't given up a ton of sacks and been a complete disaster. We'll see what they look like when they head on the road and have to face some actual crowd noise on Thursday night against Texan, against the Texans. Down in Houston, but this guy has said that if Deontay Brown was the best guard on the team it, because he's not a guy who can play tackle and center and potentially and, you know, he's not versatile like they like here in Carolina when it comes to their offensive linemen and pretty much every player on the roster, then he would never get to play. So he could be the best player, best offensive guard on the roster, but if he's not versatile, then he'll never get an opportunity, which I don't think is true. Because if he was the best offensive guard on the roster, Matt Rule would play him. I don't believe this is a, me- a Mini Silatolu, Andrew Norwell situation um, per se. Like Norwell ended up being a very good player, as we saw here in Carolina, went to Mini Silatolu, had copious amounts of injuries and was a very bad player. But for whatever reason, Ron Rivera wanted him there because of experience. That's just how NFL coaches operate, right or wrong. So expect Tecklenburg to likely get the call up. And we'll see when Brown's ready. They will certainly put him out there. Brady Christensen, of course, will also have another opportunity to be activated on Thursday night because he is, again, versatile and can play center and guard if called upon like he did on Sunday, playing a little bit of guard as there was some issue. Well, I believe it was Dennis Daly went out for a, little, for a couple plays there after... Pat Elfline went out and Daly replaced him. So those are the short updates. Not a ton of updates for the Carolina Panthers on Tuesday, following practice as they head into Thursday night's matchup against the Houston Texans. No Friday mailbag, but as I told you, I'll be answering some of your mailbag questions right now. Got a couple of them from some folks who listen to the show, and always I appreciate y'all listening. Make sure to. Tweet at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. And of course, make sure to follow me at Julian Council for your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Go ahead and get those in now, and I'll get to them either next Friday or whenever I have the opportunity. As we will not have a mailbag on Friday, as I'll be reacting to the Panthers win over the Houston Texans. Going to answer some of those mailbag questions coming up here in just a few. Does this sound familiar? movies and everything you love all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible devices required content varies by package folks i've been telling you about them forever Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And what do you know? I get home today. I get to my front door of my apartment. And what's sitting right there waiting for me? A box of Built Bars this week. The limited time flavor cookie dough chunk. That's what showed up right to my door. And let me tell you, like every Built Bar, these things are freaking delicious. Bilt Bar usually has their nine delicious flavors. Plus, like this week, their limited time flavors cookie dough chunk you gotta check them out some of these flavors include coconut coconut almond cherry raspberry mint brownie peanut butter brownie double chocolate salted caramel there's something for everyone they're soft and easy to chew which i can agree they are and they're covered in 100 percent chocolate and the best thing about these things are you hear it cookie dough chunk no way that's healthy you're wrong most flavors have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. So get over to builtbar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you can do this right here. You can open a nice built Bar wrapper, put one in your mouth, and you'll get 15% off your first order. So that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. So good. All right, let me uh, put this belt Bar down for a second and answer some of your your mailbag questions here since we're not going to do a Friday mailbag. I will say one thing about Bilt Bar, though. They are soft and easy to chew, of course. As I'll let you know on every single one of these reads, You will need floss, though. They, they will get stuck in your teeth. So uh, just be warned. Belt Bars are delicious. They're great for you. They're healthy, all that kind of stuff. But they are a hazard to your teeth. So make sure to uh, get some floss if you're uh, concerned about it you know this stuff getting stuck to your teeth just gonna let you know right now give you a heads up for the folks out there who are running to their computers right now and ordering a box of built bars so go ahead and do that right now order built bars and some floss while you're at it a free ad there for the floss industry okay mailbag questions (laughs) first up is jack who asked will slash should shy smith be active on thursday if so, will he have any impact on the offense and or special teams? Considering how Brandon Zilstra played on Sunday afternoon, was a career-high three catches. He had a first career touchdown there on that opening drive. This beautiful opening drive there by Sam Darnold in that offense led by Joe Brady, the OC. I don't know if he'll be active. I don't believe he will. I don't necessarily believe that he should, based off what we saw from Zilstra. Um And it's also a short week, maybe after the, the mini buy here, he'll be active the Sunday following as they head down to Dallas, back in the Lone Star State of Texas. Yeah, so, and then also Alex Erickson, I think they really like him as their punt returner. He made a heads-up play there on Sunday after the ball went off of rookie cornerback Keith Taylor's leg, and he was able to recover that. Matt Rule brought that up as being a very key play in the game, and also was one of the uh, concerns that he had as far as special teams overall. The Panthers are one of the worst special teams in the league through the first two weeks of the season, according to Football Outsiders, who also has him ranked as the top team in DVOA, I mean, the best team in the NFL through two weeks. So, no, I do not think Shy Smith will be active, and I don't really think that's that bad of a decision for the Carolina Panthers to not activate him on Thursday as he continues to kind of get back after missing some time with that shoulder injury. Next up is Steve. Steve says, I never miss your Locked On show. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for what you do. You're welcome. Have you caught Peyton and Eli doing Monday Night Football yet? I have. I watched a little bit of it week one. Uh, I'm more of a, I like the traditional broadcast. I don't really love the Monday Night Football crew, to be honest with you. Like Steve Levy, fine sports center guy. I don't like him as a play-by-play announcer at all. Brian Greasy, whatever. He's fine. I don't like or dislike him. Um, I love Lewis Riddick. I think he's fantastic when it comes to breaking down football, and I wonder if he'll get a GM job this next cycle. Uh, I like like him, so if there's any reason I watch Monday Night Football, it's actually because of him. I don't really care to watch Monday Night Football a lot of times, especially depending on who the, what the matchup is. Like last night, I, I watched, as I'm recording this on Tuesday evening, I watched the full uh, broadcast of Peyton and Eli for Packers-Lions because I have no interest in the Packers and Lions game but I kind of want to learn more about football and understand it more because I, I don't know everything. Um, certainly not understanding schemes the way that those guys do because I mean, they're going to both be Hall of Famers and I'm just a mere mortal here. But yeah, they entertain. I don't know if they're that entertaining. Like when they brought in Pac McAfee, that was certainly entertaining. They certainly were talking over Brett Favre and then Patrick Willis didn't offer anything at all. I'm cool when it's just Peyton and Eli and Eli making fun of Peyton for having a five head. That's funny Peyton. super locked in really informative. I've enjoyed it uh, if, is this something I want to watch every Monday probably not just depending on what the game is like the game is a game I'm actually interested in watching then I'll probably just watch the actual play by play because I'm someone who'll be on my computer looking at other things and like I want to at least hear what's going on in the game and it's not like they're giving a play- by play of what's going on they're more so doing analysis throughout. Great job at ESPN. I know they want Peyton actually in the Monday Night Football booth. This is probably a better fit for him than having to travel around the country. He gets to hang out there with his brother in his respective living room and talk football to the masses. And apparently their ratings are really high. I'm also someone who doesn't give a rip about ratings. So good for ESPN. I think it's actually been a really good product so far. And I will certainly tune in once again, depending on the Monday Night Football game and my interest on that game. Um, Okay, Brody. Says, hey, Julian, hey, Brody, since we know Mr. Tepper listens to your podcast, there's no way. Uh, can we start and extend Hassan Reddick's contract spiel? Once Reddick racks up 12 sacks, he's going to want the mega money bags. Let's sign him to an extension before that. There certainly would be an option. It is only two weeks into the season. He has three sacks, which is fantastic start for Hassan Reddick. Let's just, you know, give it a little bit some, some time before we get to the point where it's like, yeah, it's time to sign Hassan Reddick to a mega deal. Remember that. Contract year, undefeated. We saw last year, 12 and a half sacks, undefeated. Didn't get a big contract because I think a lot of teams were curious of how real it was. He comes down here to Carolina, and things so far have worked out, playing for his former defensive coordinator, Phil Snow, and, of course, his former head coach, Matt Rule. I love him opposite of Brian Burns. Now, long-term, Brian Burns is going to need to get the bag, and the way Dante Jackson started off the season, he's going to want to get paid. They're going to have to pay DJ Moore at some point in time. As Sam Darnold continues to play that the way he's played so far this season, Sam Darnold's going to need to get paid. So there's only so much money you can hand out to players. The Panthers have plenty of cap space. They could surely be able to work out a deal with Hassan Reddick. I know they like Etor Grossmatos as a pass rusher, and he's not, he doesn't play the same position as Reddick. Yeah, I would love to see him get paid. I just think that's a little bit too early to do that. And also, there's William who asked a question too. He, he asked me this question, by the way, William. I didn't get to it uh, last week. He asked me, he's just saying, I know it's early, but do you think in the offseason we go after Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers given their situations? Obviously, Wilson has ties in North Carolina and also to Fitterer because of Seattle, of course. And that kind of ties in, like the whole quarterback thing. If, say, Sam Darnold falters and you want to go out there getting Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson if they're available, that's a lot of money for a quarterback. And there's only so much money that goes around. The Panthers are in a good situation where this season and next, They're only paying Sam Darnold $11 million on average, which is a bargain and less than what they had been paying Teddy Bridgewater if he was going to be on the roster this season and next here in Carolina, which I doubt would have been the case, even if he would have stayed this year, that they would have kept him um, this upcoming offseason. So, no, I'm not ready to start the extend Hassan Reddick's contract spiel yet and all that. I think he's been fantastic so far. It's only been two weeks. There are still 15 more games to play. If he doesn't have another sack all season, then it's going to be like, well, you can't pay him. And then Arizona might have been right about letting him go. And Arizona certainly seems to be just fine with Chandler Jones and now with J.J. Watt. Watt excuse me at Wadik. I don't know who is was that. Uh, JJ Watt as their two edge rushers on that team. I like what Hassan Reddick's done so far in the situation here in Carolina. Hope it works out and hopefully they can find enough money to sign him and all the guys that they want to sign here to Carolina. Final question here as we wrap up the show. Jordan says, I have soured in recent years on the idea that a bad position group like the Panthers online Practicing against a good position group like the Panthers D line can help make the bad group better. What are your thoughts on having Cam Irving and co facing Brian Burns and co in practice? And if that can help them improve throughout the season, it can only help them improve. Yeah. I don't think they're going to get worse by going up against those guys. I don't think that they're that fragile in practice where they're going to lose confidence when they go up against Burns and his defense. I would think that if anything, they get used to going up against swarming defenses and fast defenses and a physical defense that they see every day in practice. Now, They're not going out there 100% because it's the NFL and there are, you know, PA rules and all that kind of stuff in terms of practicing pads and all that kind of stuff and how much contact uh, teams can have throughout the week. So it's not like live like you probably would see probably more in college. Either way, just technique-wise, one-on-one-wise, they're going to get better over time. I just think the guys that they have on the roster, and Cam Irving's been just fine so far this season. He did get destroyed by Peyton Turner there in that game on Sunday, which was a little concerning. But overall, I think he's actually not been much of a liability to start out the season. Hasn't seen really any premier pass rushers so far, as Cam Irving was lining up against Taylor Moten on that right side. Uh, Throughout the game on Sunday, and Cam Jordan just hasn't. Sorry, Cam Irving rather has not faced any of those premier uh defensive ends yet. He'll see them in the future, we'll see how things work out then. Uh, paddle flying, I think, is a liability regardless. Interested to see what Dennis Day looks like. So, I I do believe that with those guys getting opportunity to face the Panthers D line defense period every day, that they're only going to get better as far as not, I don't think they're going to get worse. So, I, I believe that's the case, but at the end of the day. Those guys have to take pride within themselves and go out there and block somebody and not get beat one-on-one when it comes to their matchups throughout the games. That's probably what matters more and more. And I think that's where you're trying to kind of say there when you say you've soured on the idea that a bad position group practicing against a good position position group makes them better. I hear you there. I think that's what you're trying to say. Um, appreciate the question there, Jordan. And I appreciate all the questions for all the folks who sit in mailbag questions, continue to do so. As we'll get back to the Friday weekly mailbag next week here on Locked On Panthers. In the meantime, I'll hopefully fully, uh, be able to answer some of your questions throughout next week to make up for any questions I was unable to get to leading up to Thursday night game against the Houston Texans again. Make sure to send those questions in to me on Twitter at Julian Council. Where again? Every Friday. Typically, we'll have our Locked On uh, Panthers weekly Friday mailbag here. So follow at Julian Council, at me, DM me. Don't get crazy. Whatever question you have as it pertains to your Carolina Panthers, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to the show. Again, I love you all. Appreciate the support. Tomorrow, crossover episode with the host of Locked on Texans as it's game day. Let's go. 3-0 coming up. Let's go. Talk to you guys tomorrow.